with the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. Welcome to episode 13 of YWeb3, your portal to exciting and ever-changing, cutting-edge and emerging technologies. In this episode, we're going to be talking through the latest tech developments, from significant strides in cryptocurrencies, like the advancements in Bitcoin spot ETFs, and a game-changing U.S. court mandate for a vital application. To the World Bank's groundbreaking entry into digital bond market, we've got it all covered. Let's go through and explore some of these new laws make it easier to that are going to make it easier to catch crypto crooks uh, and really the revival of some crypto lending platforms and really an exciting collaboration between some major financial players and forward-thinking payment apps in the Web3 space. Uh, join us today. It is October 26th. Bitcoin has had its pump. Uh, we're up at 34,000 and change. The U.S. Fed is still sitting at a solid 5.5. And the Nasdaq is down at 12,690, about about 1,000 points from last week. Uh, I've got two amazing guests with me today. Adam, if you don't mind giving a quick introduction, uh, great to see you again, sir. Hi, Adam Jones. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having us back. Um, Adam Jones, Token Events. Um what we have built is a fan engagement platform that not only solves all the issues that you see in ticketing, but we have um, basically um, owned the path um, for the complete cycle of taking data, tokenizing that data, and then turning that into a reward for the fan. And the name of that asset is dollar sign fan. Very straightforward. Um, we've uh, are on the fast track with the USPTO for all of our patenting, which basically um, provides uh, not only leverage for us against all these other people in the markets, in the live event space, streaming space, and in the venue space to um, overtake that uh, tokenization of data. But we're also building out the platforms and the tooling for um, not only um, a live event venue, but for streaming um, to be able to use it as middleware. In the interesting outcome, um, the convergence of AI with what we're doing, uh, we were always um, focused on getting the appropriate data from the user and rewarding them for that. And by doing so, the output is a large data union in which um, an AI company can use. And we've had a lot of strides in our uh, revenue generation with um, events here in Chicago, Barcelona, and um, some events we've done with uh, sports teams. And we're now on the precipice of a breakout now that we see um, the market interest and um, there is a need for this and everybody wants to participate. Fabulous. Awesome, man. And, and love the project and excited to have you back. Uh, you. Josh, nice to meet you for the first time, sir. Yeah, hey, um, great to be on, Jay. So Josh Cowell, um, British, and actually conveniently in, in London today. I'm, I'm not always here. Typical uh, <laughs> London grey weather. So yeah, hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so where to begin? Really, uh, you can think of 
what I've done in, in, in two halves. So um, I, ha- I had a, a fairly reasonable stint in, in TradFi, traditional finance, for, for close to eight years. Um, so I was in enterprise risk um, modeling, uh, essentially uh, having a quant role, so modeling um, uh, loan ba- uh, risk-based pricing for, for loans. Um, and the most uh, relatable parts of what I do now is I was trying to put in provisioning models to stop another financial crisis happening. So I worked for eight years putting in remediation models so that banks could comply with standards to try and stop what happened in 2008 happening. But then in parallel to those eight years, this is now the 13th year when I've been involved in blockchain and and then cryptocurrency. So that technology applied to currency. Um, so, so two years ago, I, I, I stopped my my stint in traditional finance um, and set up uh, Exco with, with with some other persons, um, and I fulfil the the head of product role there. So, I'm very much um, a builder, um, a, a thoughts person. How can we actually bring crypto to the masses? So. In a nutshell, that's beyond the speculation, beyond trading, beyond staking. It's, okay, how do we actually use this stuff for for day-to-day payments? Because what crypto promised was this peer-to-peer cash, not just the assets themselves, but the infrastructure. And from being on the sidelines when I was sat there in my TradFi role, I kind of thought, no one's really doing this correctly. You know, there's always kind of this gold rush where... Us as human beings, a lot of us are greedy, and we go, "Hey, we can we can make money on that." So you know, there's high margin in trading, there's, there's high profit in high risk products. So those are what came to market first. But in terms of what regular people, regular Joes, as you guys might say, what they use, they don't use those high risk products day to day, right? You know, a lot of people, even if they go beyond trading to borrowing, all they will do is get a mortgage. You know, that might be the hardest thing they ever do, and they spend most of their life paying that off. No one's trading, no one's trading. Anyway, we'll get on to that a bit later. So with Exco, it's all about let's bring this new new financial infrastructure to the world with meaningful products, low-risk products. Um, It's better for the user. It's easier for a business. The the narrative that's been sold to people to make profit off these speculative products is ending anyway. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, part of TradFi, a, a big part crypto, smash that together with everyone else who is who's on me on this huge expedition and expedition you get Exco. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I, I refer to this as blockchain-based finance. Um, you know, it's it's traditional uh, rules and regulations of TradFi, um, but a different underlying tech stack than, than what we've been able to do. And, and that opens up a whole new world of transparency and, and, and usability. So love, love that concept. Um, thank you guys both. And let's just dive right into some news. Uh, you know, it, it's been a very long, cold winter, uh, meaning that, you know, we, we kind of started with uh, the Luna meltdown. And that kind of pushed, you know, the, the crypto boom uh, took a lot of wind out of our sales. Uh, from there, we we kind of saw a number of, of you know mild implosions, and and you know we we had you know hey Sam and and CZ like kind of just backstood you know a lot of the the issues in, around the industry, and we go great, this is fabulous, uh, you know. And then the poster boy of uh, one of the poster boys of crypto, which was Sam Bankman, uh, turned out to be you know a, a massive you know fraud and huckster, and I think he's on trial today, uh, you know, in in this entire issue. <laughs> Somebody actually pointed out, it's pretty funny, we're not going to talk about Sam too much, but somebody actually pointed out, had he not filed bankruptcy and turned everything over, um, he almost may have been solvent today uh, with the booms coming back and the spots coming through. So it's, it's he, 
you know, clearly was doing some very bad things. Uh, there's been a number of people testifying, so I'm not defending him. Uh, there's a lot of people that lost a lot of money. I'm sure we all on this call have, have, uh, encountered that. Um, it's, it's, but in the same sense, uh, that really ushered in, you know, the crypto winter, you know, once FTX went down, it was, there's no trust. Is Binance going next? Is Tether going to be, uh, the black swan event? And, and, you know, there's been a number of implosions and issues, um, you know, around the horn. And so for those of us that are in the space that are in it for the long haul, it's and have been around for a few years. You know, Josh, you've been around a long time and, and Adam, you as well. Um, you know, we just kind of hunker down. You, you, you shed a little staff. It's, you, it's the fourth cycle, essentially, for, for, for people in my shoes and similar shoes. We, not to say, oh, we're very comfortable. You know, we, we've seen this all before. I mean, as you say, when, when the FTX implosion happened, you know, I was, yeah. I, I was actually conveniently in, in London at the time. Again, we had token 2049 London. I was rushing. I was rushing back back home, and I was looking at Coin Three Hundred and Sixty on a big screen, red everywhere. Thinking, right, what do we do as a business? What do I do personally? What are the implications in terms of the the, the public perceiving this? It's um, it doesn't make it any easier. Um, but what I will say is, it's good that I'm going to use word yeah. term, bad actors that that's kind of stopping. You know, we're getting more more of a, a rule set in place because I don't think it's necessarily the technology or the assets that are the problem. It's, it's the entity and the people in control because there is going to this be this period where we have to transition, say, from TradFi to, let's call it DeFi. There's a transition period, which, uh, you know, in S, even if we need an on and off ramp, there's, there's far more to it in terms of crypto projects. But even if you just do that, people have to migrate. And, and I think what we're what we're really seeing is is the adults showing up in the room. You know, the technology was very novel, and I don't think you know at this point. And you know, Adam, love to hear your thoughts on this. I don't think we have a technology issue at this point. Um, no. I, I think we have a you know a, a little bit of you know rules, regulations, and and understanding you know what the game actually is. And I think it's an education issue um, more than anything else at this point because the, the chains are solid. The encryption is is mathematically you know as perfect as you're going to get. Um, we, we come down to like. What should we be using the technology for? Is it JPEG monkeys or is it tokenizing, you know, mortgage-backed securities? Like, which which, which one has the the best use case and, and most you know value to the real world? Yeah, I would concepts. agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what you see is um, finally. I mean, again, kind of to piggyback on what Josh said, um, it's a band-aid rip. I mean, it, it hurts right now in the moment, but for folks like ourselves who are trying to build Web3 for mass consumption and ease, I look at this the same way when you um, do a corporate restructuring and you have a, a corporate change management come in and like you have to like reposition the zeitgeist of everyone to understand why this is a good idea or what are the benefits of this. And so really what I see happening is um, it's like any... like basic human thing, right? It's like manifest destination. It's like people are out there on the prairie doing their thing and over time stuff gets reined in. Um, and the way that I see this is if you are positioning your business, your company and your mind into shifting the zeitgeist into a better future, I believe that to be um, what's going to win out in the, you know, in the, un, the, un, the income, in the, in the, the years to come, I don't see um, this stuff necessarily as a negative moment. I look at it a lot like um, some of the things that happen in all culture when something's new and novel. You get people that 
take the opportunity. And in with those opportunities, they can either choose to do the right thing or, you know, they have to go to court. So what our goal in all of this has been, it's how do you bring Web3 to a user that's doesn't that's a little scared of it because of stuff like this. And in Web3 and in actually tokenization of data for actually earning some money um, or earning not money, but earning that crypto for your data, we truly believe that thesis helping people see that like, oh, this can be safe. You can do this the right way and I can be rewarded for my effort. And doing it all above board will win out. Um, and some of these other things, you know, they're moments in time that actually shape the future. And I'm okay with that for now. But we, yeah. we all do need to, I, th- I feel from our seats, move forward in a very smart, above board way to like, let's, let's actually be the change managers of the zeitgeist shift. Adam, absolutely love, love, love those concepts and insights. So, you know, Josh, pivoting over, we, we've, you've been through the cycle many times. You know, Bitcoin has, has endured everything because Bitcoin doesn't care. There's no major changes. It's proof of work. It does what it does. You know, the mining has been set out from, from, you know, years ago, over a decade ago, um, how it's going to operate in there. And so we're, we're now seeing the first, you know, kind of breath of life, life, the first, you know, kind of pulse back into the patient. Um, after everyone has said crypto is dead, Bitcoin is dead. It's over. No one's ever going to trust it again. And um, it turns out that that what institutions actually wanted, you know, is is they don't want to hold it themselves. Um, is that they just want to be able to buy it on traditional markets. They want the the entire tradfi institution to wrap, <laughs> you know, to wrap Bitcoin um, in a very traditional uh, uh, financial vehicle, such as a spot ECF. So, I, I, and and the way that we know that we, there's interest is there was a rumor that it got one got approved. I think there's about nine, uh, nine or ten that are right now uh, up for application with the SEC. There was a rumor that one got approved, and Bitcoin shot up, you know, like 10, 10 to fifteen percent within the eight minutes before that was debunked. Um, and then the ne- the next thing that we just had was uh, somebody spotted the ETF ticker uh, on on one of the. Um, one of the clearing houses, uh, which is generally something that happens right before it gets approved and it's shot up again. So we've gone from 60,000 all the way down to 16,000. Uh, we're right now around 34,000. Um, and I just find it amazing how much more interested people are in $34,000 Bitcoin than they were in $16,000 Bitcoin. Well, because it's momentum, right? It's, it, 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 they're interested because it's human nature, right? They're like, oh, shiny object, it moved. And so now it's like, I'm in because I believe, right? It's that, it's the whole mechanism and, and like, kind of like what I was talking about the zeitgeist earlier, right? It's like the shiny object just moved. I need to get to that shiny object as fast as possible. Plus, I also have a vibe in the back of my mind that, like, there are probably conversations that we aren't privy to amongst some of these larger players um, as to the future of this. So that's kind of where, where I, see when you start to see people shift or talking more or diving in, it's because there are people having some pretty pragmatic conversations about why this is a a good vehicle. Really amazing uh, insights, Adam. Uh, Josh, it just seems like we've been here before. The cycle keeps repeating yourself. Does this feel familiar to you? Yeah, so uh, it it, it does feel familiar. And um, there is 
there is sort of sort of a meme to these cycles where they say, oh, this time it's different. You know, there's always something new that's, that, that's basically pushing the cycle. You know, sort of cycle one, we had the uh, the, the, the cypherpunks, which were the, uh, you know, the, the clever people creating this stuff. Oh, look, we can do it. It's awesome. Cycle two, the libertarians, hey, it's freedom of money. Um, cycle three was speculators, you know, 2017 onwards. And, and now... E- e- it's kind of the global stage, the institutional stage, if you wish, um, for which an ETF fits hand in hand with that sort of narrative, if, if that's what we're talking about. And like you were saying, Jay, you know, an ETF is important because it will allow, you know, uh, institutional capital like pension funds, etc., to have Bitcoin as part of their portfolio. Because today, most large funds can't hold custody of, of Bitcoin due to compliance issues. And further to that, financial advisors can't recommend them as investments either due to fiduciary duty and and all of that. So an ETF allows for a controlled market so that it could be an advisable investment. These institutions can hold it um, on on their balance sheets. All these theoretically entities on the sidelines can can now get in. I think it was it was Galaxy Digital just last week. They they did a report that was saying that there's they expect close to to 14 billion to flow in from these avenues in the first year, and it, I don't like to, to speculate on price, but they also say it, it would lead to a 75 percent increase in 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 the in the price of of a Bitcoin, um, which for you know, an asset that already has hundreds of billions in terms of market cap that is that is significant. This this is this is a big move. This is another another really, really important cycle for, for cryptocurrency um, in, in general. And yeah, Bitcoin doesn't care about politics, the, the, the geopolitics, etc. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see see what happens. I, I think it's going to be really interesting because the the TradFi experts are all scrambling right now. I mean, I've taken, you know, dozens of calls and, and you know, one of the things that we always focus on YWales is, you know, education. For you know, which is which we talked about earlier, and I think what's really interesting is that blockchain, you know, has done so many amazing things. Um, and one of the key, um, you know, metrics that we always say is not your keys, not your crypto, because time and time again, you know, that's the biggest failure is you know that it's designed for self custody. Um, you should self custody, but people aren't good at it. And you know, let's be clear, even the most advanced of us, like I, it terrifies me. I hate it. I think it's you know, I don't mind, uh, you know, paying a bank or, or paying an institution to have these because there is no central authority that can reissue your Bitcoin if it gets stolen. You can say, like, look, it clearly was stolen. It clearly happened. And again, Bitcoin, there's no one to control Bitcoin to, you know, reissue that title to your car or uh, to help you out with these things. And so um, the ETFs solve a little bit of that problem. I think it's it's one of the the failures that I, uh, of the industry is that we've never solved the custody problem past like, hey, it's, it's fine. Here's a, a single layer wallet you know, 12 to 24 keys, you know, here's a little plastic jump drive thing that, that theoretically can help you. Now there are large institution, you know, large institutional uh, solutions like, like Firebox. I think they do an amazing job. Um, but you're talking $60,000, $70,000 a year. Um, and it's incredibly complicated to, to use. So I, I love Firebox. I just saw them out in money 2020, um, had a long conversation about you know how the roadmap's going, but but you know buying an ETF means it's insured. Uh, someone else is is dealing with it. The SEC is overseeing it, but it is clearly you know not your Bitcoin. Um, you may own it, you know from from a uh, 
piece of paper standpoint. Um, but but there's no uses. Like there's no one's going to use the Bitcoin. It's just going to be locked off in a vault somewhere. And I think that's you know my question to to pivot back to the both of you two. Are we um, excited about the pump, but but loss of innovation, or do we feel that it's it's a, a mitigatable? You know, no no big deal. What do you think? What do you think, Josh? Yeah, yeah, happy to take this one. Um, yeah, so in terms of just you know the, what you tailed off with in terms in terms of the pump, I mean, look, it's what I think this shows is is Bitcoin is kind of the, the ultimate free market asset. So decentralization of the protocol matters just as much as it is, you know not your keys, not not your crypto, etc. Um, so. I think if there is a, a centralized um, element to it, uh, the entities dealing with them should, should be regulated. This, again, it's not the question of the technology, it's about the people that are using it. And like you're saying, you know, it, people should have options. It should be, hey, look, if you want to use someone else to look after, have that insurance, let's say, do it. And of course, there'll be a price for that. You're, you're getting a service from someone, right? Yep. But then also, if you want to go, you know, the, 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 the true uh, crypto utopian way, your keys, your crypto, etc., you can. But yeah, there is this this issue in terms of education. Um, I actually think there's enough education edu, education material out there. that there's, there's, It's all over the internet. If you want to learn, you can, but there's, there is a technical hurdle to overcome. This isn't yeah. You know, fourth grade one plus one equals like this. This is difficult stuff to understand. And I've I've used Fireblocks or the MPC. I've done all their workshops. You know, I've been to their Spark events, yeah. and I yeah, I programmed for over ten years. And it's I had to concentrate. It, it's difficult. Oh yeah. Um. So, so, so yeah, sure. But it's uh in terms of let's say the, the the pump. It's interesting because we haven't had risk on in tech recently. Now, this is a risk-off environment, yet in a space of time going from 25k to 34k, it's gone up 40% in a risk-off environment. Has you know has this de- decoupled? It, it, it's looking like it. But the other thing to think about is, you know, Warren Buffett's famous quote that I can't remember about, you know, most of the um, hardcore investors, they do the opposite of what the herd does. So that's kind of what we're seeing, I think. Now, crypto is not in the good books for for laymen, most people. Yet, you know, this, uh, you know, an ETF coming into place is is a is a stamp of validity in some sense. So it it, it will happen. But you know, we've got we've, in, in the traditional economy, you know, we've got thirty three trillion US debt for you guys, you know, five hundred billion in the past year, two proxy wars going on, awful stuff. I know. Um, but you know you have to if you're raising national debt you have to inflate that away. So loose monetary, loose monetary policy, um, tech's not risk on yet. An ETF is possibly on the horizon, and it's an increase in forty percent. This is different. This hasn't happened before. Yeah, it, it definitely it's it's a very different financial situation um, globally than anyone else. The world is is in a much worse place than it was, uh, you know, three three plus years ago, pre COVID. If we want to go back to, to there, mm-hmm. um, you know, COVID, there was you know a lot of good recovery. That was when the last pump started, um, but now kind of the pipers, you know, wanting to be paid, um, and so we're we're kind of the debts are all coming due. And so we're, we're seeing people, this, this flight, you know, I, I think, you know, BlackRock CEO said, you know, Bitcoin yeah. is a flight to quality. And that's a very strong statement to make. You know, Adam, you, you probably get the same calls that I do, you know, and, and Josh, you probably get these as well. I, I took a call literally just yesterday from a family office in a panic that they want to, they want to purchase $100 million of, of Bitcoin. Um, okay. 
fine. No big deal. We, we, you know, on this call, all of us can make a few calls. We can, we can facilitate that. That's finding, you know, approximately 3000 bitcoins, not the problem. My question to them is where are you going to store it? What are you going to do with it? Like, right. like we can get, we can find you the Bitcoin, but what are you going to do? And, and they, they literally was a pause going, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Adam. They like it's the education around this is like cool. That's a great asset. I'm hearing that we want it. We we have we have way too much, you know, fiat dollars. Uh, Bitcoin sounds good, but nobody understands what the hell it is. And and they're trying to get ahead of these ETFs now. And it's 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 not something you just can, you know, store to bank. Right. And and that's kind of our position where we're at the top of the funnel where we're almost our application and our business is um, bringing people that may not understand this into the fold by their user behavior and their actions, right? So um, the, the idea here is on our end, let's bring the general masses up to speed at what crypto can do and will do. And to your point, people showing up being like, we want to buy all this Bitcoin. And then they're like, I don't even know where I'm going to store it. That means that there's still education or global change management to get people up to speed. How do you get people up to speed? Get them practically using it and seeing the power of how this works and how Web3 works. And then give them solutions that, you know, like we have a a non-custodial wallet baked into the application. And you can also add your custodial wallet. But you don't get people knowing how to use these things without actually getting them to see it and unlock it. And the other thing Warren Buffett always said was, oh, I only invest in things I understand. And that's kind of like his mantra, right? And the other side of the coin is, how do you do that? You have to build things so people understand it. That's how Amazon did it, right? They took broken e-commerce and built better e-commerce. And the outcomes of that were a bunch of um, technical advancements in cloud computing. You don't get there unless you do the innovation work to shift the zeitgeist. Yeah, no, that's fabulous. Um, so, so shifting over to one of the next stories, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of these. Um, you know, Grayscale, which is, you know, they they didn't they have an ETF, but it wasn't a spot ETF, meaning it was just kind of a general, you know fund of Bitcoin. Um, they've got probably one of the largest pools of Bitcoin, uh, I think, you know, at, anywhere on the planet at this point. Uh, a couple hundred thousand Bitcoin, if I, if I recall correctly. Um, you know, Josh, you coming from the TradFi world, um, are, are we just going to see everyone just, you know, Bitcoin's just going to turn into this, this kind of, you know, commodity gold type asset that people just kind of, you know, tuck away under their pillow per se. Um, you know, cause it, there's no uses if it's, if it's under a spot ETF, you know, you're not going to be able to spend it. You're not going to be able to use it. It just turns into like a savings, savings account. Yeah. Okay. So there's, um, there's, there's kind of two, two big ideas that are thrown out there. You know, there's this Bitcoin's a store of value similar to gold. And then there's this idea of peer-to-peer cash, payment system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And some persons would say, okay, when one narrative isn't working, we just try and make the other one fit. But they're actually not mutually exclusive, right? You know, gold is rare and it's heavy. You can't pay with it. You know, it's it's a big big block. You can't go down to this supermarket and start cutting off and everything. Um, The the great thing about Bitcoin is, okay, it promised to be um, electronic cash, but if that never happens, it's still a a great store of value because, um, you know, we used to have the dollar backed by gold. 
it just made, you know, proxy the value to gold, but it's paper, you, you can go and pay for it. Well, Bitcoin has the scarcity aspect, which is basically like like digital gold. And similar to, you know, the the flight to quality that the Larry Fink was talking about, you know, the US government can issue bond after bond after bond in infinite. But there's only 21 million Bitcoins. So similar to gold, there's a limited supply. So look, it has that scarcity. It can act like a store of value, but it's divisible to, to you know, in a, a, a ton of zeros. So you can go say you can spend one Satoshi, two Satoshis, um, and you can spend it fast. It's electronic, just like paper fiat currency. So it actually does both. So the the, the, narrow, the, the use case there for peer-to-peer cash is there. The use case for store value is there. You can do both. They're not mutually, not mutually exclusive, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, but the, again, the, people don't understand. It's very difficult to understand this stuff. They go... It's a big. What the hell is a Bitcoin? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I do this every day, and I, I still have you know questions that I'm constantly searching for. Okay, uh, we're putting these in spot ETFs. Are they wrapped? Are they native? Like, mm-hmm. where are these? And and you know, I think that the the entire concept, you know, to me, the big, two biggest issues we have right now in in, uh, in Web three is bridges and wallets. Um, you know, the entire concept of wrapping has has not done well. Um, mm-hmm. and, and wallets were clearly seeing that, you know, if, if it was easy to store this and it was easy, I don't think that the spot ETFs would be near as popular. Um, you know, if it was, it was something that you can manage quickly and be able to disclose to your accountants and, and, uh, you know, federal regulators. So yeah. there's clearly, you know, a lot of compliance issues that people want to have. I think what's really interesting and kind of pivoting the conversation a little bit is we're seeing, you know, with the rise of Bitcoin, a lot of these big, you know, big, big uh, institutions around cryptocurrencies uh, like BlockFi um, now reemerging from bankruptcy. Uh, they were underwater, you know, when Bitcoin was, you know, under under twenty five thousand, like mm-hmm. they were insolvent. There was nothing there. Um, and and in BlockFi's case, you know, all they had to do was just just hold on. Uh, long enough, and you know, Three Arrows Capital. Unfortunately, they invested in a lot of JPEGs that will never come back. Um, but you know, for BlockFi, they were they were focused on ETH, and they were focused, you know, on on you know, cryptocurrencies that have you know, real world use case like Ethereum, um, and um, and Bitcoin. And so now that we've seen that tide starting to rise, they're becoming solvent again. Um, Adam, are you kind of excited to see uh, see see the return of a few of these guys? Yeah. Um... It's it, it's kind of like uh, we all go rise with the tide, right? Um, as we see everybody being able to weather this storm, it kind of proves the thesis that this is um, going to be around, right? I mean, as as hard as everybody keeps coming at um, the space, the space just keeps coming back. So, um, in a in a weird way, it pretty pretty much proves our thesis that you know it will work for you know, just past the trading. It'll work just past like everything else going on in the finance world that it it actually has um, core real world value for your average user. And when you see the institutions kind of go through these growing pains or when you see the space go through these growing pains, it it just, it, it, all of these like ups and downs bring it to light. And um, actually the sunshine is the best disinfectant, right? So we start, to um, see where you know we're going for the future, and I think that you know, regardless of what everybody wants to say and decentralization and things like that, humans are going to human. There's going to be guardrails or third rails um, in every situation. I, I don't see that going away. I just feel that that's just a part of life. Um, but the fact that people are able to weather these storms 
is very strong in our position and my point of view as to why this is um, gonna actually shake out for 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 a better future, right? Because this is where we're heading. You know, hundred years from now, people are gonna look back and be like, you know, they're gonna you know they're gonna see the value, right? And that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, it's clearly a new market, you know. So, so yeah. you know, Josh. Again, I always kind of you know circling back, like it's starting to feel like TradFi is going to win, <laughs> like you know, in the battle versus TradFi versus DeFi, it, it seems like the 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 needle is pointing more towards people want traditional finance rules and regulations more than they want you know to kind of trust internet you know anonymous DGens, um, and and you know there's a mix of of in between the the both of those two, but it seems like that's kind of the flight back. Yeah, I was, I was going to add a, 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 a slightly different take there. Actually, so, so if it's not too controversial, so no, please, um, let's go. You know, my, my my domain is primarily retail. You know, as a, as, a, as a crypto business, we do offer B two B services, etc. You know, we can it's, we, we 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 do a lot of that. Um, but uh, you know, a top, another topic for discussion another time. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with. ENS and people like that because I'm building a payments infrastructure, ID systems, so people can use it day to day, etc. And again, make it easier to understand using Web two behaviors how to use crypto. You know, using addresses properly, having essentially I bands you can get your salary paid into virtual card payments, QRS. All of this stuff is what I do. But to um, we, we were focusing on institutions there, but I think this is a very interesting time for let's say humanity because. Retail now has an asset class that it can be involved in, just like the institutions, right? And collectively, they are huge. So, if we saw, actually, I forget how long ago it is, but we had, you know, the the meme stocks, we had like GameStop, and it was basically the internet versus TradFi, right? Um, So, so then you have the internet, say crypto, Twitter, very interesting people there coming up against TradFi and fighting. but now on Wall Street, there's not much IPO activity. There's not much M&A happening. Wall Street is looking for something to be involved in where they can be influential. This could potentially be the first time that you have, say, the internet, crypto, Twitter, et al., and Wall Street sitting at the same lunch table at the cafeteria going, right, we're playing the same game now. Yep. So it's not just all about institutions. You know, you've got, you've got uh, uh, say, people that don't fall in those two categories maybe looking towards uh, traditional financial regulation, similar products, etc. But the crypto native and crypto curious uh, retail market is a beast in itself. And yeah, as I said before, we, we, we saw sort of tremors of what happened with GameStop, etc. Let's see what happens with, with, with crypto once institutions do go, you know, not just one, one toe in the water, they go full force. It, it, yeah, and I completely agree. You know, the, the GameStop, and I played with that. I had a great time with it. But but the problem was you were never going to win because you don't know what the rules of the game are behind the scenes. You know, there 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 is, you know, double, triple counting. There was more, you know, like all the issues that 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 blockchain was supposed to solve was was exactly why GameStop was never going to win, is because they could always just, you know, move some paper around, you know, loan shares and you know, be be 130, 150% overcounted on on those numbers out there. Um, but but circling back around. And, and, you know, an interesting observation is I, unfortunately, I, spent, I go to a lot of these conferences. So this year I've been to ETH Denver, uh, Bitcoin Miami, and I just got back from Money 2020. And I think the most interesting observation, and I'd love to hear both of yours, uh, you know, kind of thoughts on this, um, is, is Ethereum Denver was like, and 
great job on the show guys, but it was a shit show. It was, um, you know, one booth is like, Hey, we do KYC. The other booth is like, fuck that. We don't need any of this stuff. Um, and so it was really like, there was no continuity of like moving in a direction. There was no like big players there that I would say were, were like, you know, here's how we're going to solve these problems. It was just like, here's a booth that does wallets. And then here's 10 more booths that were copy pasting the almost the exact same thing. Um, on the very far side of that was, was I was just at money 2020 and it was a lot of blockchain stuff. And these guys were very much going, you know, we're adhering to traditional finance rules and regulations. We're using blockchain technologies, you know, to, to institute blockchain finance. Um, and then in the middle of this, you kind of had Bitcoin Miami, where it was really did feel like a merge of the two. Like, you know, there's the guys in the suits and, you know, uh, um, you know, presidential candidate uh, Kennedy uh, Jr. was there, um, but there was still like the the wizards and running around in hats and and you know onesie pajamas, you know, to kind of throw a little bit of this in there. So I, I feel like there's a merging of these two coming, um, and they've centered around you know Bitcoin being kind of the best the best to lead the pack because there is no there is no face per se. That's you know there's no Vitalik, and I'm not saying Vitalik's not done an amazing job to be in, uh, you know showcasing what Ethereum and blockchain can do, but it's almost better that there's not one. What's, what's your thoughts, uh, you know, pivoting right back to you on that, Josh? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm actually interested in which, which days you went to ETH Denver because a lot of people go for the three-day event. I was there for 10 days. Um, so, oh, so, so oh you, did, you, you did the coding, the coding thing before Yeah, that. yeah. So, and so I've, I've actually, uh, I actually loved ETH Denver this year, but um, yeah. I, I, I had a very different viewport to yourself, it, assuming you went at the end. I'm assuming that's maybe what happened because I, I do agree with some stuff you're saying. Um, so I was there for the first, for everyone that doesn't know who's listening in, there's this kind of seven days where there's, let's call it a hackathon, hotels, the grounds are all open where people from uh, developers and, and crypto inventors all come together and build stuff. You know, there's some of the uh, some of the greatest things that have come out of crypto have come from East Denver. So everyone's building, and then the last three days is more like a conference, like, like a trade show, etc. And yep. you have, like we mentioned, Fireblocks, Fireblocks were there. You have One Inch DeFi protocols, but yeah, I did see say a lot of. Um, uh, I don't want to name them to put, to put them in bad light, but like you're saying, things that were very similar, a copy paste. Yeah, they've they've changed a few things, and there wasn't much continuity in that sense in terms of enterprise taking crypto forward. But in terms of actually building the the big, there were big things happening. You know, uh, zk was huge. It was all about zk huge. and layer twos. So, you know, we had Arbitrum optimism happening, um, and then uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, and, and EIP thirty three. 3344, the account abstraction work was happening. So Vitalik was talking about that, um, which again opens up adoption. Uh, you know, you can use fingerprints and passwords instead of uh, seed phrases, etc. Has its problems. The, the the attack surface for wallets then becomes huge. Yeah, but that was cool. So so we we had like account abstraction. We had zk coming. We had. Ethereum was very 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 cool for me. But yeah, at the end, it was. I just I thought. It's just a yeah, trade I, show. I was there for the. I was there for those last. Those last three. Yeah, days. you know, and it was looking, a bit out of place. Solutions to problems to implement. You know, for for businesses that are ready to use them today. Exactly. Yes, yeah. so it was a bit out of place. That that merge you were talking about. I think you said Bitcoin Miami. I wasn't. I wasn't there. That wasn't quite felt. I, I, yeah. I, I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, Adam. You go to a whole bunch of these. <laughs> Yeah, the the way I kind of view this is like I try to put like some real world thinking like around like um, the problem like plus where we're at. I look at it a lot like 
Have you ever like done like ghost town tours where like sh- people showed up, they basically got the resources and there was like, they just exported it all out of the ground and then it was like, now what? Yeah. So a lot of what I'm seeing is we're slowly moving into these like ghost towns along the way. Now we've got to actually put some resources and um, put some actual practical things around the raw material that we're actually um, getting out of the ground. And by spinning up 27 other silver mines around the one that already exists, the one that exists is the winner. So what is, what's the commerce around that that you can actually provide for everyone to make the town boom? And so um, I get a lot of those vibes at all of these where you hear basically the same conversation and it's very surface level and nobody's really attacking like the larger problem, which is around adoption and how to actually bring this forward, like actually do something viable to make this um, an not only an asset class, but make this a a line of thought that we can actually like usher into like the future. And so I think that what you're seeing is these conferences over time are gonna get better because those like the dev stuff that happened before East Denver slowly will trickle into the actual event at the end to like show this end-to-end thinking of like how do we how does this a full omni channel, how does this actually work to keep the town alive? Not just like, I'm going to spin up the exact same thing that booth is doing. Just call it something different and slap a label on it. And so I think a lot of the things that we we should be striving in the space is not only like building our, building our businesses and building our thesis, but looking at the overall thesis of what's going on and providing that to the end user. I think the end user gets left out of the, this yeah. all the time. That people are like, they're thinking about we talked about like the greed level at the beginning. They look at like a way to monetize and make money in a new way. Well, that's great. I'm all for it. Go for it. But like, how are you actually building products and services for humans in the center that you need to bring that need to hit out here where everybody else in the 10% of the world that understands it? How do you bring them there? And yeah. that's why you see the disconnect between the developer pro- uh, process. And then the the Ringling Brothers Barman Bailey Circus, and in the circus tent, you may not see people that understand what's going on in the dev tent. So we gotta combine the two so we can actually start building products and um, services that actually match the two. You need this kind of this glue between, I think you said the, the, the developers and the circus. That's basically what I am. And yeah. from sitting on the sidelines in Tradfi. That's exactly what I was feeling. There weren't enough people like me embodying that position in in, in the chain, right? And we have, listen, we have enough tech. You know, we we can do KYC with zero knowledge. It, it it's there. We have DeFi and we have solutions to uh, you know destroy fragmented liquidity. We have layer zero, tapioca DAO, things like that. Um, we have uh, identification systems like ENS. We have self custodial wallets. Um, we have okay on and off ramps. They they come and go, but that that that's the um, that's the game of um, of fintechs these days. You're constantly yeah. pl- losing some, plugging new ones in. Put all that together today, we can all build the solution that works for everyone. Like literally, and, and, and that's actually that's actually what I do. So I'm trying to scream out that we can build these these things. I'm building it. Other people can build it. Um, the the time is now. Let's right. let's just get it done. Let's yeah. about adoption. 
Let's just I, I, I can't agree more violently with that statement. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the last article that I'm going to bring us to, and it'll bring, I think it'll bring all these points home. There's a couple of MasterCard stories. Um, and so, you know, again, that, that bridging of TradFi and, and blockchain, um, you know, and I, I think what we're going to be seeing here very soon, and I'd love your guys' opinions on this. Um, and just real quick, the two stories. One is MasterCard plans Web3 collaborations uh, with self-custody wallets. Um, and they're also teaming up with MoonPay to kind of be able to kind of manage some of these fiat on and off ramps and, and this. And I think the point is here is that we're going to see the technology disappear. Um, we're going to see, you know, this concept of, of you know, these, these plug-in wallets, uh, you know, in your Chrome browser go away. Um, we're going to see that the concept of people really, you know, worrying about what chain are we on, um, you know, what server, you know, what kind of, you know, what, what bridges are being used. And those decisions can be made by people that are insured. Uh, they're working on it every single day that, that need to, you know, it's okay. Like I'd be, I'm okay to pay a small fee um, to make sure that, that if something happens, it's, it's going to be given back to me, um, you know, to have proper insurance. And so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go in a reverse order here for uh, Adam and back to Josh. You know, do we see, you know, a little bit more of, of the technology just slipping off uh, into the background where only us true nerds are going to care about what chain it's on, uh, you know, what protocol does this? And, and really, it's just, it's just going to be a very nice, slick GUI on the front end by name brands like MasterCard that we already know. Could be, but there's also players um, in this space that have like shown up, um, no relation. But uh, there is a company out there, Fierce or Get Fierce. I think it's getfierce.com. They're actually attacking this very space you're talking about, where they're almost a neo bank that like gives you like five point two five back on your checking, but at the same time, too, makes it super easy to buy um, um, crypto. But they've built out the system and attacked this like this weird gray area where how do I dip my toe in the water, learn and grow my money in a different way quicker than I would at a traditional bank. So what I see happening is a lot of this space, especially with like that product like Fierce has, um, you're going to see some of these traditional banks having to become more of a neo bank. Because if you're going to compete with somebody that's out there given higher rates and a quicker way to um, learn and invest and do these things, the, they're going to have to catch up to that part of the tech. Now, I do agree that no one's going to care, like, are you on Polygon? Are you on this? Are you Because no one says, no one asks you, hey, where do you host your website? Is it on GCP or is it on um, Amazon? Nobody cares. They just need the information. So for me, I don't really think that jumping up and down, talking about your blockchain and TPS and all that stuff, the average user doesn't care. What they want to know is, if I use this, will it do everything you say it's going to do? And are you protecting me as a consumer? And so those are the things that you're going to see. But I do see in traditional finance, they're going to have to like show up to the neo bank table because i'm telling you young younger um, buyers or younger um, people in the market they don't look at jp morgan chase they look at all these other options where it's like oh i can do use this checking and i get paid like two Robin days Hood. earlier like all those things right yeah. so 
I, I see a convergence of neo banking and like newer Very style trading meeting some of these MasterCards. Like they're a monolith, but they have to plug into this neo bank cycle. Cause I, I truly have a lot of giddy watching these guys pop up because you know they're a thorn in the side of these bigger players and they're doing things at a faster rate. And to me, that's a good sign that like, maybe a little bit of this push and pull is going to bring some of these stalwarts a little lower. And what's going to happen there? In that little gray area, innovation happens. We're, we've been sitting on our hands, like traditionally like, oh, my 401k has got me covered. That's no longer the case. Like yeah. there are things and vehicles that we have to, that we have to step into. And now is a great time. And I, and I see my, my take is a little different. Like I said, I see these neobanks and the, the MasterCards of the world like getting closer because okay. you've got to attack that gray space where their innovation is. And that's, where, and that's basically the, the whole thesis of this podcast, right? Is attacking yeah. that area, right? Yep. 100%. Josh, what's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I think great, great points, Adam. I'll like echo a lot of them. Um, sort of, Thinking about 12 months ago, I would say the visas and mastercards of the world should were rightly scared of this stuff, right? The, the, the actual infrastructure, this new infrastructure threatens everything that they do. Like in, in at the ultimate sort of Web3 DeFi on, on that long-term horizon, you wouldn't need a visa or mastercard. You don't need those intermediaries. You don't need the payments network. You'll literally have just blockchain and QR codes. You could, you could have. Um, so... I think it's actually a necessity for them to come our way a bit again to step into that gray area Adam's talking about from I'm going to say above from being existing leaders the the, the old guard if you wish yeah. they're having to come our way but then I also think neo banks what they have been for the past couple of years haven't been what they should have been they were in my opinion they they've been sort of just traditional financial uh, traditional banks with a nice, sexy user interface and then some good customer service. And someone's going to, say, someone's going to go, hey, I'll pay $5, $7 a month to have this cool thing, a nice bright green or orange card. Um, whereas actually underneath, it's just the same stuff. And there's a story I always tell, I'll, I'll keep it abridged, but um, you know, being British, you know, we have Uber here, there's Uber in other countries. But preceding Uber, we had a company called Halo, like Hailer Taxi, Hailer Cab. Um, and it was basically what I think neobanks have done. You could order black cabs, traditional cabs in, uh, in London, and they just had a nice app where instead of phoning someone, you could just tap on a screen and find the nearest cab. Uber then came along and did a full stack redevelopment where they say, hey, look, not only can you book a taxi, but you can be a taxi. Similar to kind of like what blockchain is saying, be your own bank, but also use it at the bank. You know, it's, it's two ways. It's like yeah. a scratch your back, I scratch your back, you, you scratch mine. That's what neobanks going to, they have to come upwards and go, right, it's self-custodial, you know, DeFi liquidity, blah, 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 blah. That's what XGO is all about. Crypto first with, okay, Fiat Rails, this Web 2.5 gray area that I think Adam was alluding to. That's uh, that's kind of what I'm, I'm all about as well. Um, so then, yeah, you've got MasterCard and Visas on the other side. And I think it's great that they're coming towards us. Um, I don't really think they have a choice, to be honest. But no, yeah, I, I, we'll, I, we'll, we'll see. The, the concept, you know, I keep using is blockchain-based finance. And, you know, they, they have their own mm -hmm. stacks. They can do a lot of things. Um, you know, the last point I want to make is we, we drive it home on this is, is I still, I think that that 
you know, it's been you know decades since the the piece of plastic was introduced uh, to to retail yep. and to finance, and I don't think that's going to be something that goes away. And case in point, as someone who you know, I I've, I I'm very much into cryptocurrencies and, and blockchain and everything else. I was just in in Zurich and you know climbed uh, was was at a you know kind of a, a a stand, and I go, oh, I'd like a pretzel and a soda. You know, it's like a, a five dollar thing, and and I can either use my credit card or they had this the scanner for you know to pay in in, in ETH. Or Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and I literally said, "I said, there's no effing way I'm I'm exposing my wallet to this random yeah, yeah, yeah. like this random stand because you know I, you want that layer of like no one needs to know that I was here, no one needs to you know I, I don't and if I accidentally give too much, does the guy even know how to give it back to me? You know the credit card just kind of works. So the concept of being able to utilize this like. It, there, there has to be, and that's the thing the blockchain does. Is we just go look. There's, there, there's, there's a hundred steps in TradFi, and then blockchain goes like, we'll do that in two steps. And we're like, okay, what if we had like ten? You know. So I, I think that we're seeing that merge back and forth of like, it's okay to have this as part of our tech stack, um, but, but we need to be a little bit more forthright about you know consumer protections. Yeah, not, not to get too philosophical, but um, the whole concept behind Visa was like the guy was like money isn't real, it's form, not function. He was like, you could take a piece of plastic and just slice, you know, and swipe it. And then the next thing you know, you can get your goods. And everybody kind of thought that that credit card journey was crazy. Like, that's not, you can't do that. And the, the idea there was like, money is an idea. And if I hold this piece of plastic with the idea of this money, there will be an exchange for that good and service in the background and it will be used because consumers need ease and they need to be able to do things quickly. Fast forward in time, I can't remember where I, I viewed this, but I found it really interesting. They showed this like news reel of when Burger King introduced credit cards. Yeah, I've seen it. They've inter- they're like, this is yeah. so stupid. There's no, why would you even need to do this? I've got cash in my pocket. You know, Fast forward to me, like two hours ago, I tapped my card real quick at the gas station and got gas. And it was just like, if if Visa didn't say, this is dumb, we don't need to be fumbling for this paper to like do things, that it's an exchange for a thing and let's do this quickly to get going. And then the Burger King scenario where everyone's like, I'm not getting my card out to swipe at some machine. That was a growing pain, but look where it got us. I just tapped and got gas in like five seconds. Yep. And that's, but that yep. was new and old meeting. And there you will always have resistance because why? Humans are at the center of the problem and humans like, like to muck up the works. Yep. No, this has been a fabulous conversation, guys. I really appreciate the time. Um, as we bring it to a close, uh, Adam, where can people find you and, and learn more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, uh, you can find us at tknevents.com. And from there, all the socials, white papers, and um, my speeches from um, Consensus. And then um, I did a whole uh, uh, speech at uh, Coindesk Ideas on um, IOB for ROI, uh, Internet of Behavior for Return on Investment, which is uh, detailing out the monetization of the data. Basically, everybody on this call is like the best employees for Amazon and Google. We just don't get paid. Everybody knows that story. Our goal is to pay you. Fabulous, fabulous. Josh, I'm actually going to be in London in a couple of weeks. I, maybe we'll meet up and, and have some tea. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, if, if they're not going to if they're not going to come uh, surprise you in, in person, where can they find you to learn more about what you guys are working on? 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're on X Instagram, so xgo underscore official. You, you can find us there. Um, if, if you want to know more about all these things I'm talking about, Identity Solutions, Web 2.5, um, I, I write some articles with, with Cointelegraph as well. There, there's a whole series over there. Um, otherwise, in terms of social media, I, I only have LinkedIn. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I don't really exist on the internet. So uh, yeah, happy to have conversations with anyone and everyone. Um, because like Adam said earlier, I'm, I'm really shouting to fight for this adoption. The solutions are there. The time is now. Yeah. Fabulous, guys. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. And uh, why Wells? Take care. Talk soon. YWales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.